Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Hello, my beautiful Busy Mumsies. Ash here, and welcome back to the show. I have to tell you, I got a bit of a cold. Actually, lie, I've been struggling with a cold for like the past like four weeks. It's been bananas. So apologies for my nasally sniffles, but it just is what it is when you've got a toddler running around, right? (sighs) Well, I'm hoping not to be too, too sick during this chat, as I am very excited for it. Today, I am welcoming Jamie Hess on for a Busy Mumsy Chat. Jamie is a keynote and TEDx speaker, media personality, wellness entrepreneur, and creator of the popular Instagram account, NYC Fit Fam. She contributes healthy living advice to hundreds of shows, including Today, Good Morning America, The View, and Beyond. After beating a slew of self-destructive habits to become a top executive, Jamie turned her worst liabilities into her greatest assets. Honestly, her account, her whole platform is just a ball of positivity, of motivation. I am so here for it. I'm so ready for it. And I hope you are too. So let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Jamie Hess, welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for saying yes. I always get excited and I'm always like, yay, another one has said yes to come on the show. So thank you. It's my pleasure, truly. And where are you based in this glorious, crazy world? Yeah, so I actually, I was a New Yorker for my whole life and now I live in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Um, we were like, you know, during the pandemic, so many people were like, I think it's maybe time to get out of these big cities. And it just wasn't the most conducive, especially to quarantine living. And so one of my many jobs is on the air at QVC, which is like the home shopping channel. And I love that job, but I used to just commute back and forth to Pennsylvania to do it. I would take the train and we thought maybe we'll try moving there. And you know what, girl, we love it. I mean, Westchester is like, like thumbs up, like you did good. Yeah. I mean, it's a lovely little, you know, I always said if I was going to leave the city, I wanted to live in like the country, like not just the suburbs, but like horses, hayrides, you know, all the things. And that's where we live. It's so pretty here. Oh, and it's the four seasons. Like I, I, and you're like in my favorite season right now, because it's like all about apple picking, going to the pumpkin patch having the apple cider and mulled wine. May we not forget mulled wine. It is lovely. We actually did, uh, we, it was Halloween. So the day that we're recording this, it was Halloween yesterday here. And so we were 
big, big trick-or-treating. You know, our neighborhood is so much fun. And they actually had a tractor that went around and gave jello shots to everybody, which was so cute. I don't drink, but I'm I appreciated the sentiment. Uh yes. I I I I would have been like hands up, hand it over to me, and I'd be like, I'll take Jamie's. Totally. I'll take Jamie's to my girlfriends. I was like, you know, hand give it, her hand it, hand it over. I love that you are also a QVC queen as we we recently had um Vina Crownholm on the yeah. Busy Mumsy podcast as well. And I just I, I love me some QVC and I love that you're like around the corner from it. When did that job happen for you? And like was this like part of like some manifestation for you to, you know, to become part of that household name brand. Yeah. So I was in PR and marketing for 17 years. So I'll give you that kind of as like the backstory. So I had like a big girl executive job um, for almost two decades, loved public relations. I was born to be a publicist. I just, I loved it. And I worked on big brands like McDonald's and General Motors. And we launched Barry's Boot Camp and all these fun fitness brands. And I just absolutely adored it. Um, the one one beat before that is that my mom uh, is TV journalist Joan London. So she hosted Good Morning America for almost 20 years. So I grew up watching her on television. But a big part of watching my mom on TV was definitely having that fear and imposter syndrome and intimidation of feeling like, well, I can never really pursue a job in front of the camera because people will compare me to her. And that feels scary. So I just kind of, you know, I loved doing having clients in the media, but it hadn't really been my bag until a bunch of things transpired in my life. I went through a very tough period. I got sober in my 20s. And as I had this rebuilding story, which is a big part of my public facing story, right? Like depths of addiction, almost literally lost my life. And when you get to that point and you kind of realize, wow, I almost lost everything there is to lose, you become a little less fearful of things, of life, of failure. You're like, you know what? Why not? Like, why not shoot my shot? Why not take big risks? And as I started to get well in recovery, so based around, you know, mindset, physical wellness, all of that, I just started to gain a new perspective on life that was very gratitude-based. Like, we only have today. What are you going to do with it? And so I really started pursuing things outside of just my corporate job. And that included you know, I grew my social media account, which is NYC Fit Fam, and that kind of led to me becoming this on-air ambassador for all things health and wellness. So then this is what then catapulted you into the big ask as you as a coach. Could you dive a little bit further into the more about the, the wins, the whys that you found this newfound discovery in yourself to then become a coach? I mean, come on, we can... I. When I read TEDx Speaker, I already knew that when I did press play, I was going to be shaking in my boots talking to you because you're going to just smash it. And it's, you know, it, it's like to be able to do, to sit on a platform like that, especially, and to give and guidance is one thing. So you have this coaching platform. How did this develop and transpire for you? Here's the thing. There's a lot of coaches out there these days. Yeah, there are. There's a lot of people. I'll say it for you. There's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of smoke. A lot of people spewing a lot. There's a lot of mules. Yep. There's a lot of stuff. And here's the way I look at coaching, right? So I've done a ton of education, accreditations. Like I took the time to get all of the accreditations I need. Can I be really honest? 
they're, 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 they're great numbers and letters after my name and on my website. That, that's not where I coach from. I have all that to back, to back me up. What? Yeah. Experience. Right. And, and, I, and I have an executive committee for the big ask. So if there's ever anything I'm not an expert in, I bring in people. And so when I'm coaching one-on-one, I'll bring in experts on, you know, hormones. I'll bring in experts on breathe, breathing and, and EFT tapping, whatever people need, I curate and bring it in. But my point is coaching, the best coaches make their mess, their message, right? But you can only do that once you've healed. So what I did, and if you've watched my TEDx, my TEDx is called um, Confessions of a Binge Eating Wellness Influencer. So I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm going to put it in the show notes. So it's there because I have watched it. And again, jaw on the floor. And as someone also who struggled with eating disorder, of being in the the great wild world of Broadway, it comes kind of with it in the dance world. So just watching this talk and how candid you were, but so informative, but comforting. A, I knew you were a mom. I knew you were a mom because it came from such this like big hug as well. Like it's brilliant. So it will be in the show notes for all the Busy Mumsy listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, it was really important for me to just tell my truth. And so my truth is that in addition to having this history of addiction, so I I'd really addressed the addiction to drugs and alcohol in my 20s. What people don't realize is like addiction is addiction and it's like playing whack-a-mole. So I could whack that one down, but if I'm not continuously doing really diligent spiritual work, another one can pop up. And for me, that was my disordered eating. So I have histories of both restricting and also with bulimia. So I'd had my first baby and all of this stuff started just cropping up where I was like escaping, you know, and I was escaping through binge eating and through bulimia and all of these horrible things that took over my brain so quickly. It is so crazy how quickly you can go back to a place where your brain is hijacked by some form of addiction. And it terrified me. So that's what I talked about in my my TEDx. I ended up starting my program, the Big Ask Method, because I really believe I, I had done a lot of programs and systems to try to essentially deprogram my brain from the bulimia. And I did finally extrapolate myself from that. How I stay on the beam is by remaining uh, consistent with hyper-local accountability. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I knew what worked for me. I had done enough therapy and mindset work and programs to try to heal that I knew what I, most people know what they have to do, by the way. Like the coaching, that's the funny thing about coaching. Like I can give you all the curriculum and tell you what to do. Most people know what to do. The problem is sticking to it, right? So I talk about, so I teach people when I bring them into my coaching realm, I start and I am their accountability coach and we get them on the beam, whether it's uh, with health and wellness or with personal professional development. So I have two tracks. People come to me for both things. And then about halfway through, I start to help them employ those same uh, mechanisms of accountability with somebody in their hyperlocal network. So for instance, you know, I can't tell you how many women come to me and they're like, oh my God, I have, I secretly, I'm so glad I can tell you this. I'm going to get vulnerable, but like I have this thing, I'm I binge eat or I do this or I do that. Oh, my husband doesn't know. No, no, no. I could never tell him. And it's like, until you get vulnerable, until you get your, your darkest secrets out of your head and sweep those cobwebs out of the corners, you're not going to get well. And until you bring some sort of accountability in, a lot of us don't tell on ourselves because we don't really want to stop doing the thing. Deep down, we're protecting our disease. So I have women get really honest and be very specific in their ask so that by the time they graduate from my program, 
they, a lot of times when you graduate from a program, you're just like out in the ether and then you just go back to your old habits. I want people to graduate with a success strategy and that includes accountability in their hyperlocal network. But how did you find your confidence and then to stand strong in like keeping your addiction at bay? Because you're now helping. Like I've had other doctors come on and nutritionists and whatever. And, and you're, you're like, you're teaching other people, like, uh, like for instance, a, a sleep therapist, someone that's going to teach the parents how to sleep train their child. And this particular person has two children. How do you shift from work mode to then your own mode with children and taking care of yourself? Because addiction, like bulimia, disordered eating, I'm sorry, it is it's a long haul. And I, I, for one, my hands are up. I've spoken about it many a times on this podcast. It creeps in. I, I, and I, and I, and like what you said, accountability, go back to square one and all of that. So for you being kind of in the throes of it every day with clients, how do you separate and disconnect from their trauma, their issues, the things that they need to work on for you then to be okay, just as you. Well, a really important part of this that you're identifying is that we keep what we have by giving it away spiritually, Mm. right? So by staying in the solution, I'm staying in the solution quite simply. And that is very important. And, you know, as annoying as it is, sometimes my husband will say, he'll hear me saying something maybe where I haven't taken the best care of myself, or I haven't been sleeping, or I prioritize staying up late and working and missed my appointment at the gym in the morning because it happens, you know, it doesn't happen to me a lot, but it happens to the best of us, right? And I'll be right. like, well, what would you say to one of your clients? And I'm like, damn it, babe. <laughs> but he's right. He's right. And so when you are helping other people, it's a boomerang and it helps, it helps you right back. Mm. So going into mommyhood, two boys, a mega business right now with coaching with the big ask and your podcast, your whole social media platform. How are you juggling your business and mommy time? Here's something I want to make really clear. I make no apologies for being ambitious and my business being a big priority. And my kids- Thank you for saying being ambitious and making it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to apologize for it. Here's the thing. We had this whole like era, like with lean in. And then we had this whole era with lean out. And it's like, just girl, just keep leaning forward. Like just keep going and stop. I hate this. I used to hear this all the time. All my mom friends, executive friends in the city would say, well, you're always going to feel guilty. You're either going to feel guilty at work for not doing enough or staying late enough because you have to go to school pickup or you're going to feel guilty at home. What? Who is that serving? Is that serving your boss? Is that serving your kids? Does it make you a good person because you're just sitting bathed in guilt? Or can you choose to just own the fact that, you know what? Mommy doesn't have to go to work. Mommy gets to go to work. And we get to show up for this family. And we get to work hard and follow our dreams and our passion and our goals. And like my kids know, just like I knew when my mom, when I was growing up, my mom was on Good Morning America every day. She traveled the world. She was at everything that she could be at. And I knew she would be at everything she could be at. And sometimes she couldn't. And I also knew that. And you know what? It was okay. And I grew up knowing she didn't love me any less because she framed it very clearly, right? And she did. She wasn't like, I know this is going to be disappointing, but she was like, look, 
this is life. I love you. I'm going to come whenever I can. And when I can't, like dad will be there or whoever will be like, we'll make it work. And we did. So that's really how I live my life. My, my boys know how much mommy and daddy love them, but they also know that like, we're out there to kill it for our family. We are out there with ambition and passion. This could not have come at a more better time. Sorry to be selfish, but I'm going to be selfish right now. I just booked a flight back to London because I am working on a new business venture. And it took me a while to kind of like roll up my sleeves and be like, I want to do this. This is what I want to focus on. I don't want to just give up. And I love being a mom. I was going to say, and just be a mom because there's nothing wrong with just being a mom. But I have been a New York hustler since I was a child. And to just say that it's gone is bullshit, firstly. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I don't want to feel guilty that I have to put it to the wayside. And I know that my husband didn't marry me for that. Right. He he fell in love with my ambition. I know this. Yeah. And I recently booked a flight and I booked the flight and I looked at my husband and I said, well, Addie is going to stay here with you and we do have some help and I'm going to go on this trip by myself. I'm going to focus on my business and I am not going to be feeling left as though I should have taken her. I should feel guilty about it. And I've done it. Yes, I had this twinge, but I've already told my daughter. So mommy's going on this date and I'm going to tell her every day until the day I leave that I'm going to go on this trip and I'm going to do this business and she's going to be so proud of me. Mm-hmm. I, I And I needed it. And I think that we all need to hear that after we have kids, that if you still have these aspirations to do something, find Find your army that can help support you and go for it. Yeah. And, you know, I I'm I also am abundantly aware that everyone doesn't have supportive partners. Like I happen to have a really great 50-50 partner and I'm I'm aware of that. I own that. I and, and, and I say to a lot of my clients, like, if you don't have that, let's figure out then what's the backup plan? What's the other right. answer, right? But if you do have that, here's the thing I see a lot. A lot of my clients do have a supportive partner. They just, it's like a thing in their head. Oh, but he's going to feel a certain way. He's, is he, or are you just putting that in your mind? So I really have them dive deep. I mean, maybe he is, maybe he's going to make you feel guilty. That happens. That exists. But a lot of the times I find it's a, it's an excuse. You're playing the victim because you're putting yourself down that you shouldn't do that. I shouldn't leave. I shouldn't pursue my own dreams. Meanwhile, if you were going to go on a business trip, you would support him. You'd be like, great, go for it. You know, which is like, what happened? Yeah, right. Right. So I just feel like, you know, you really got to get to the bottom of intention, right? Like mm-hmm. what is, what's really going on here? And am I making up this story in my head or is this what's really going on? And if this is what's really going on, now what? Did you have to have a full reshuffle within your life, your schedule to get where you are right now? Or was it already kind of black and white for you as I'm having kids, but this is still what I'm doing and this is the game plan? So- I was still working in corporate when I had my first child and we were lucky enough to have a nanny, really wonderful help. But like I had to be at work all day. Every day. I would get up and I'd go to the gym in the morning because that's part of my self-care. And then I would be at work, you know, before 9 a.m. And then I would be there until God only knows what time because that's working in New York, right? Like you don't leave before, I mean, six at the earliest, if not seven, if not later. And then you get home and it's like bedtime. And that was very hard. When I left that job, which was about six years ago, to become an entrepreneur, 
it's funny, honestly, and I, you'll you'll identify with this. I've never worked harder in my life, but I've also ne never been more in charge of my own destiny. So two things can be true. And do I stay up late and work? Yes. Do I get up early and work? Yes. But am I in control? And yesterday when it was Halloween, did I go to my kids' school parade in the morning? Did I then spend the afternoon getting ready for trick-or-treat? And did I spend the evening? Like I was able to make yesterday my own. And if that means I got to catch up a little today, then I do. So it is wonderful to be on an entrepreneurial journey. For those who don't have that luxury, it really is important to set some sort of boundaries because the truth of the matter is they do grow up really fast. And you do like we, well, I don't believe in leaning into the mom guilt. I also believe in taking a solid step back, really like quarterly and just being like, is everything working? Am I happy? Do I feel like this? My kids are happy, right? Because there's also a world in which a lot of people work a full salary job just to pay for childcare. And sometimes you have to assess that. Is this really what I want? But what I will say is this, it's not just money and it's not just transactional. Different people's cups are filled differently. My cup is filled by working, being ambitious and professional success. And I would be a shitty stay at home mom, not because I don't love my kids, but because I wouldn't be personally fulfilled. And when I'm personally fulfilled, I show up as a better mom. Well, no, I'm an asshole if I'm not doing anything. Like I, I, I just don't like me. Mm -hmm. It's kind yeah. of like, it's like even to the, the part of, like you said about self-care and going to the gym before you had to be at work at seven kind of deal. And so you're like, I'm getting up at five and I'm going to go put in my 30 to one hour at the gym. If I don't do that, stand clear, like yeah. do not get in my way because the wrath of me will come out and everyone is going to hear about it. Absolutely. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really about assessing what makes you happy because a happier woman shows up as a happier mother. But a lot of people just kind of lie down and accept circumstances and then they wonder why they're not happy and then they're pissed off at everybody else. You got to take control of your own situation. Playing a victim is not going to serve anybody. Does this, does your coaching, does your kind of outlook in life, do you see this kind of like trickling to your boys. Oh yeah. As oh, a strong woman, as you know, mama boss in the house, like are, have you seen them kind of like growing and like their vocabulary is a little bit more like yours? Like how is that kind of transpiring in the house? Well, here's what's the coolest thing. So yes, as like a mama boss, sure. They definitely see my husband and I as entrepreneurs and they're they they think that's cool. Here's what's really cool. Our whole account NYC Fit Fam, which is what launched everything, it was like my husband and my journey is based around wellness. We have like a, a geeky passion for wellness. We just, we love it. We're plant-based. We work out. We, we love it. We have a vocabulary around mindset and gratitude that by the way, is very much, if both of us are sober in recovery, it very much comes from that world. And I never make any secret of that. Like that is where we gained so much of this knowledge was in getting sober. So I always say like, it was the best gift I ever got being an addict because it gave me this entirely new blueprint for living. What I speak about on stages across America now as a keynote speaker, I'm a, you know, both B2B and B2C speaker. I speak it to corporations and to people and women's groups is about a concept I call gratitudeology. So it's a word mm -hmm. that I trademarked. It's essentially the study and practice of gratitude, but it's essentially a take on not just positive psychology, but learning how to accept and lean into life's challenges in a way that serves. I'll give you an example. On my way home today, 
I was friggin' tired. Like I didn't sleep great last night. And then I got up and I went to the gym early. And do you, are you ever just driving home from the gym and like your eyes are closing and you're like, how am I going to do this day in front of me? Like how, yeah. like, I just want to crawl back in bed. Like how could I cancel everything and just pretend I'm sick? It's like, I'm not sick. I'm just tired. Just so then tired. here's what I did. Yeah. So half, so I'm halfway on that drive home, like telling myself, I can't, I can't, I can't, which is where my brain likes to go. I'm like, okay. All right. So what would you tell people if, if you were on stage and you were sharing your wisdom with a room full of people? And I had to think about that. And I was like, okay. I would tell people that this is an amazing opportunity to lean into resistance. What an incredible opportunity to pray for strength and to practice discipline because I don't want to be disciplined right now, but that's the point. I get to practice discipline to show up. You know, this is why people do ice baths. People do ice baths because they like to soak in an ice bath. It's not like a nice frothy bubble bath. They do it because they like to practice being uncomfortable so they get a little tougher. So I realized in this moment, I have an opportunity to practice something that's hard. And as a byproduct, I get to get a little tougher. And then that's a lesson I can pass on to other people. So that's gratitudeology. If you're able to do the reframe in the moment, it can really help. Wow. This was all. This was something that you just touched on recently on your Instagram with arriving to QVC at like five in the morning, and it was like, right. I'm not going to complain. Nope, not going to happen. I'm going to be grateful for this moment, and you know, walk in there and, and do my thing. I we love. We all that. have a choice. We have a perspective choice every single day, and that's the same thing with the guilt. It's like every thing that is bumming you out, challenging you. Some of them are real. I've had real things in my path. I've had addiction. My mother went through breast cancer. There are moments in your life, the world is in a crazy place right now. There are things that are going to be a dark rain cloud. I'm not taking away from that. This is not toxic positivity. Like, oh, just be happy for everything. Life is not easy. But you have a perspective choice to make on the basic things that are going on in your life every single day. So how often do we just kind of like, well, it just sucks. I'm just tired. This is exhausting. This is awful. I'm not doing what I want. You have a choice in a lot of that is all I'm saying. How did you find the choice? Because I, I do want to tap into the mommy wine culture and your ability. Well, for you that were sober, how did how did you kind of navigate that world? Because it is kind of thrown in your face. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. When, when I when I had Adia and I got home, there were copious amounts of bottles of wine as gifts in the house. And you know, one thing I don't want to do is take care of flowers. There's a shit ton of flowers. And the other thing was there, I'm very hormonal and I'm falling apart and there's a lot of booze. Right. How, how did you handle this world? But then also I, I have no doubt you have so many clients that are probably coming to you to help navigate this crazy world of the mommy wine culture. Yeah. Look, I mean, here's the thing. So coming from like a dark history of addiction and alcoholism, um, there's no problem I have that a drink of alcohol can't make worse. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. Um, you know, it would one sip ruin my life. No, but that's not where it ends for me. And, and that's not where it ends for most people. So I'm not saying that you're going to go out and be like a fall down drunk in the streets, but is a glass or two of wine that's going to leave you with like a yucky feeling or a wicked hangover really going to solve that problem? I understand that there's an immediate release and a little bit of ease that we can get from being intoxicated. But the reality is the growth comes in pushing ourselves through uncomfortable situations, period, full stop. I'm sorry to say it. It's an inconvenient truth of life, but the growth comes through getting a little armor. And we get that through doing tough things, right? You get a thicker skin, they say. 
So it really is about acknowledging the present moment and being like, I have a choice in this moment. I have a choice. I can like lay down and take a nap and ignore it. I can have a glass of wine and ignore it. You know, I can just kind of like buzz off or I can show up and do something a little different. And so that's really the choice we have every day. What I'm really talking about with people is just how to be a little more present and aware of the choices in the micro moments. Wow, wow, wow. So the big ask, your platform, your NYC Fit Fam platform as well. Again, everything will be in the show notes. What is in the pipeline? What will we be seeing? And what are you manifesting in the next five years to help inspire, especially in the parenting world for new parents, especially that are navigating this new wild world. And then also with that added layer of responsibility of keeping up with work, keeping up with the Joneses and all of the things that come with it. Well, I'm really excited about a project that I'm launching at the beginning of next year, which is called the Gratitudeology Podcast. I've been in production on it for about the past three months. Um, we are in production through the end of the year. We have like a pre-marketing launch window in January. So you'll, you'll start to see stuff roll out on it. And then the podcast actually goes live on February 5th. I mean, the people that we've had on this. So I've had a podcast for the last four years called Off the Gram. We actually, we're, we decided to sunset it this month, meaning we just felt like we did what we, we set out to do. And it was a beautiful project. But in order for me to give my full might behind this new podcast, I had to do that. And so that's life is making tough choices, like saying, I like this project, but my heart says it's time to move on. This new podcast, the Gratitudeology podcast that I am launching is the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. The people whose stories I'm telling, um, they're my dream, my dream guests. Um, I'll, I can run through a couple of them, like Gabby Bernstein and Tim Story and, you know, Natasha Graziano and Teddy Mellencamp, but just wonderful people and women and inspirational thought leaders that their stories are incredible. And so my goal in the next five years to answer your question is to reframe the lens through which people see the world, because I truly believe that an attitude of gratitude is the heartbeat of happiness. It is what changed my life. And I want to change other people's lives as well. Wow. Well, I, 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 this whole chat, I feel like my, my jaw has been on the floor, just like when I watched your TEDx talk. So I have to end this by just simply saying thank you. Thank you for being so generous and grateful and forthcoming and sharing your story, your journey unapologetically, and now being there to help others, because that in itself is a huge, huge feat to, you know, you're going to be battling every day for other people. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for your time, Jamie Hess, and have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes. Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rock and review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.